0: This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello, and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a script tease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background, and of course, spoil the endings, all in less than five minutes. We do the hard work, so you can do the easy listening. Today we go absurd for Eugene Ionesco's Rhinoceros, written in 1959. Why is it called that? Well, it's all about a rhinoceros. Well, and rhinoceroses. It's pretty literal. But also worth noting that the rhinoceros is a symbol of man's animalistic nature, brutality, and it's also about totalitarianism or tyranny. How could humans allow the atrocities of World War II and the Nazi Party to rise? We must be animals. Rhinoceros begins with Jean meeting his friend Beringer, our male lead, for a drink, but there's a disruption. A rhinoceros runs through the square, shocking all the townspeople, except for the apathetic Beringer. The pair discuss willpower, while deductive reasoning is explained by an old man. Um, Just an aside here, deductive reasoning, or syllogism, is not what Sherlock Holmes uses, although he claims to. He actually uses inductive reasoning. Hmm. Berenger admits he likes a typist at work named Daisy, but worries that she likes one of his co-workers, Dudded. Jean suggests willpower and self-belief will win her heart, and change the drunk's life.
1: And then another
0: rhino rushes by. There is some debate over the breed and identity of the rhino. Is it the same one as before? Beringer and Jean get in an argument about the rhino and Jean storms off after calling Beringer a drunk. The townspeople vow to stop the rhinos. Back at the office, everyone is arguing with an old skeptic who doesn't believe in the rhinos. Daisy helps sneak Beringer in so the bosses don't see he is late. His co-workers ask him if he saw the rhino and Beringer dismisses it as collective psychosis. Fellow worker Mr. Burf is missing, but in comes his wife announcing he is ill and she has been chased by a rhino, who has smashed the stairs, trapping the workers. Soon we discover the rhino is Mr. Boeuf, and ignoring all advice to the contrary, she jumps on her husband, the rhino's back and rides off. After the firemen save the workers, Beringer goes to visit Jean. Jean coughs in bed at home. Beringer apologizes for their argument and Jean's voice becomes gravelly. His skin turns gray and a bump on his nose grows. His demeanor becomes more savage and animalistic. He becomes more and more like a rhino. Gene takes off his scratchy clothes, tries to trample Beringer, who, when trying to help, gets horned by his friend through the bathroom door. Gene is now a rhino. In fact, whole herds of rhinos are walking in the streets. All those he tries to warn of the oncoming herd have turned themselves. Waking from a nightmare, Beringer checks if he is showing any signs of becoming a rhino. Dada visits and they discuss Gene and the epidemic of rhinos. Beringer thinks alcohol is immunising him, so he keeps drinking. The pair disagree about the transformations. Daddard believes it is to be natural why Beringer thinks it's abnormal. He seeks advice from the logician, but soon discovers even the logician has turned into a rhino. Beringer vows to never become one. Daisy visits Beringer and appears not to care too deeply about the epidemic. Daisy and Daddard think they should become accustomed to the rhinos, and Beringer disagrees. They are interrupted as the fire station is crumbled and the firemen have all turned into rhinos. Against Beringer's wishes, Daddard leaves to watch the epidemic as Daisy lets him go, Duddard turns into a rhino. The sights and sounds of the rhinos become more beautiful despite their savagery. Berenger laments Dutted's demise and Daisy reminds Berenger that they have no right to interfere in the lives of others. He blames himself and Daisy for contributing to the transformations of their friends, but she thinks they should not feel too guilty. Looking for help, they turn to the radio and phone, both of which are filled with the sounds of rhinos. This clearly absurdist play continues with Berenger and Daisy disagreeing about how to handle this changing world. He wishes to restart the human race with Daisy, but she wishes to accept their lot and work with the rhinos. After hearing that Daisy is charmed by the rhinos, Berenger slaps her and then quickly apologises, promising he will protect her forever. She too promises her devotion. They fight after she reveals she finds the rhinos pleasant and he does not, so she leaves. The end of the play consists of a long monologue from Beringer trying to hold on to reality by shutting out the world. Even photographs of his friends have become unrecognisable. He can't even recognise himself anymore. He almost decides to join the rhinos, as they have become beautiful in his mind. But the final lines are Beringer defiantly deciding to take on the rhinos, to fight them, and to never surrender. If you didn't know the play before, you do now. A bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Script Tease. Remember, this was just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments you want to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That is all from us at The Aside and this episode of Script Tease. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Script Tease episodes and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.